Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Now that's a pour. Yeah, it's very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Winemakers. This is Brian Casey with my friend Bard Hansen. We are on the road this week. We finally made it down to Boniche, and we're saying hi to Melanie. We're actually sitting in her tasting lounge right now. It's about 25 degrees cooler in here than outside, maybe even more. And uh, Leon is here from Tack Family Vineyard, so we are happy to have you both on the show. Thank you both for, uh, for uh, being on the show. I'm so glad you guys made it down here. It's really exciting to have you. Yeah, super happy. This is awesome. Yeah, we got a listeners who can remember. Uh, Melanie was on the show last year. What are you saying? It was like 52 or 53, Memorial something Day like weekend. that. Okay. And we were in yeah. back of the. Oh, that's right, Memorial Day weekend. We were in the back of the Roan Room, um, which Sandra has given up. Um, now it's. Um, I think it, these guys, three fat guys, three fat guys, and West. Wine tours right, has occupied right. it. So West okay. is using for their office and to depart. And um, three fat guys is uh, Tony Mole um, and his two of his friends. They played professional football together, and so they were wow. they when they would travel, they'd go out and eat a lot. And they found they all had a common interest in wine, so they started a wine label. And I I don't think they really ever thought that they'd have a tasting room, but yeah, three fat guys. So. Okay. They mainly Bordeaux varieties, I think. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen anyone actually in there. I don't even know if they're open yet. Um, but I have seen the old Volkswagen vans park back there, so I know it has something to do with West. Well, Melanie, what's been going on? I mean, um, you've come a long way, baby. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. you you got the the vineyard. It's beautiful out here, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and now you're tell us tell us like your day to day life. Like what is what is it what does a normal day look like for you right now? Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. So we, we closed in uh, the end of December, uh, and I moved up here mid-May. So I was commuting up twice a uh, month from Oceanside um, since December. So that was pretty challenging. Um, but now it's, you know, the vines are growing, the weeds are growing. So it's just keeping up with all of that. And then, um, you know, the day today, I get up and I try and weed or tractor while it's still cool out and and then you know uh an earthquake comes along and knocks my well pump off so i have to go fix that we saw that on instagram i couldn't believe that because i didn't think this was that close i think it jiggled it just enough where it the union wasn't uh uh, seated correctly wow yeah it was just enough so my neighbor was able to stop it most of the way Uh and then of course me trying to fix it i broke the the pump switch, the pump pressure switch. <laughs> you broke it more. I broke it more. <laughs> she's, she's learning farming life is yeah. what she's doing yeah. and what it's like to be a farmer right. on yeah, a daily day. basis. Yeah. Well, so we should back up a little bit here because we have to let everybody know where we're at. So mm. we're down in Paso Robles and we're in what you guys would call East Paso, right? Yep, Northeast. Northeast Paso. Mm-hmm. And and Leon, you're kind of the reason for all this, right? You're the one that... <laughs> that got her interested or got her it, like thinking about maybe buying a winery do you want to well i wouldn't say i did that part of it <laughs> yeah no she came here saying i'm gonna do this somewhere was looking at other vineyards and i said well we happen to know one that's for sale that's 
right up your alley, your speed, and it's right down the road from us. And you'll have a huge amount of support here. Um, a lot of great people here. Yeah. So this is the one you want to buy. You don't want to go up north where there's like nobody that's going to help you. So, uh, up north, like up by where we are, you mean? Well, maybe even farther up north. Right. Um, I have some friends who are selling a place in Oregon. Oh, okay. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of looked at it, but it was not not as close to everybody that I knew. I didn't know anybody there. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's no doubt in this business is it's very helpful to have friends that you can go and borrow something with or have them come help you with something. And and that's part of the neat thing about, I'm sure you figured this out, the wine community is people are open to helping out. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a collaborative business. It's a support network yeah. and it's a great one. And yeah. Paso has a great one. So it's yeah. nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So, so you decide that you're going to get this property what was the actual day that you took over december 31st we closed it was december 31st mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. and so the, <clears throat> you have you f yourself made any wine yet ha were you in here playing around before so yes and no um not here last fall i was here for harvest i was helping leon out and i told him i wanted some grenache to make a rosé yep. so he actually the same uh, grenache grower that he had used a couple years before i was able to get a ton of grenache from him so we actually last month we released my first wine it oh so last month that was june wow. 7th yeah we did mm -hmm. a big rosé release party and we released a grenache rosé uh I, so i made it over at at Leon's with uh -huh. his help under his guidance but that's my that's my first one because do yeah. you have a do you have a crush pad here on this property we do but we're not using it right now so but you're able to in the future that's my, my goal is to bring all the the winemaking back here okay and, and wh what issues are going on with that facility right now is it I mean is it fully operational uh, where we're making our wine no the, the the crush pad that you have here on the property that's it <laughs> this is it yeah. <laughs> So it's all. So the the issue is right now we just have a lot of uh, storage, cold storage here. So okay. it's finding another place to put that. Whether we build something else or rent a place in town, you know. But everything costs money. So right. um, my goal is to do the Cab Franc here this fall. Uh, it's about a about a ton. I think we got off of it last year. So that'll kind of be my my play grape here, and kind of go okay. from there and see what else we need to do to. My goal is three, three to five years. We'll be doing all the wine here. So, I mean, it's kind of what you ended up, what you purchased was the property and some inventory mm -hmm. and then the winery, which is an operating permitted winery, but they didn't use it as a winery. They did custom crush with you guys. Is that right? The previous owners? No, Most, they did yeah. it somewhere else. Right. Somewhere okay. else. Yeah. Okay. And so now that... Now that you're here, you have to get this eventually set up to do some production. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, Leon, you guys are helping, helping her. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's awesome, that's yeah. awesome. No, it is awesome. Yeah, so all winter, I, you know, I'd come up and visit my rosé at his place and go t take a sample every two weeks. <laughs> you know, just checking on it. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, that's my, my first wine, so. That's awesome. Yeah. And scary isn't it yes <laughs> and it's it, on the way out here it's kind of it's weird i mean you're driving by there's there's a typical signs you see when you're in any wine country around the world where you've got this sign with all the arrows pointing the different directions that are saying wineries but other than wineries and private homes like what is out here in this particular part of paso there's actually a lot of other industrial things that you would never know was here the airport's full of different companies 
um, that are here that have been here for a long time, you know, advanced adapters and stuff that, you know, they're huge across the nation uh-huh. when they're, they're tucked away here in little pass rubbles, you know, uh-huh. but they're a multi-million dollar, you know, company that's selling parts all over the world. Um, so there's a lot of other little stuff like that here, um, that's just tucked away that you just don't see and nobody really ever advertises it. So, right. And, um, and there is some other farming out here. There's, um, it looks like there's some, some cattle of, ranching and there's some cattle going on. There's not as much hay going on as it used to be. I mean, this is all dry farm barley when I was a kid out here and there oh, were no wow. grapes, you know, so there's some barley coming back. There's some rye coming in. There's, you know, we have a lot of distilleries here now. Right. Um, there's a lot of breweries growing here. Um, that's picking up a lot of steam in Paso. Okay. Okay. Um, so there's some of the farm farmers are starting to grow um grow for those guys that's awesome so yeah it's so they're getting all their local you know product whether it's rye for the whiskey or barley and stuff for the um for the beer so yeah and leon what about if you you could tell us a little bit about your family's winery and how how you ended up here also yeah well the property's in the family for a long time Um, my grandparents were here on both sides actually um Tackett side was past Rebels Police for almost 30 years. Um, I didn't grow up here per se. I spent my summers here. Um, but when my grandparents passed away, we bought out my uncles and there was some wine here and I just started making wine 20 years ago out of the Gewürztraminer vines that were there and kind of got a knack for it. And after about 10 years or so playing around with it, we decided to decided to go pro, if you will. And, and, and tell us again, when did you, because people always love to hear older vines and those are certainly older vines. When? Was the Gewurz planted originally? Uh, originally about 77 time frame. Um, my grandfather put some sticks in the ground that he got from Germany, and they're still there. Suitcase. So. Suitcase. Suitcase. Yeah. It's, awesome. it's secret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. How did they decide on Gewurztraminer? Uh, you know, he was an army guy, I guess, and, and he liked uh, he liked the sweet wines, you know, so he okay. liked the, the really super sweet Gewurztraminers and stuff. Um, we make it dry, um, so it's there's no sugar in that guy, but, um, and I, you know, he just thought he could make it so unfortunately he passed away before he made too many batches but uh um, he got a few under his belt before so he was just planning what he wanted to drink himself pretty exactly much. yeah yeah okay. yeah he was just green thumb guy he just grew everything yeah okay so property was covered in every fruit tree you could think of nice. um that eventually you know died off and then we had to clear it for our petite sarah and the rest of the gavert so okay. yeah and and so back to Melanie a little bit. So I don't think we talked about earlier. Did we talk about what you're growing up here? I don't think so. I think that was not just on, just conversing. Not on, not right. on the show, no. Right. So uh, currently you have Malbec, mm-hmm. uh, Cabernet Franc. Mm-hmm. And Petit Verdot. And Petit Verdot. So the other three Bordeaux varietals right. that, you know, uh, they're, they're not as commonly grown around here. Um, but I think you're seeing a lot more of it now. Uh, but yeah, mostly Malbec, um, which does really well here. The Petit Verdot um, is awesome. And then, yeah, we just have four rows of Cab Franc. So we've typically used that as a blending grape. Not We've made one single varietal, but I love it as a single varietal. So we, um, we have the 18 actually over at Leon's also, and then the 19 all... I'll be making here. So I think that'll be fun to see how that turns out. And are you selling some of the grapes? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yes. And yeah. can you say who you're selling those to? Um, or do you want to say who they're selling them to? I, I mean, I guess I could. Yeah. Um, you could say who they were sold to last year. I guess. That's true. Yeah. And hope that yeah. you're going to sell them again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, that's right. <laughs> As a grape grower, yeah, that's what that, you figure yes. out. When, yeah. <laughs> it's not sold till you have a signed contract, that's right? right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. 
Um, yeah, actually, Michella, which is um, just down the road from us, they um, they buy some of our grapes, um, and they they grow quite a bit of other varietals on their property. They do a great job with it. Um, they they actually have a really nice Cabernet Franc too, which I'd like to um, you know uh, kind of see how they do that. Um, and then we have some other um, smaller folks around here that buy from us. Uh, Cloak and Dagger is kind of a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they're, they've been pretty good supporters of us too in the past. So. And when you're selling your grapes, what percentage does that cover your cost for the year pretty much? Um, you know. Well, my goal this year is to break even. So yeah. if, if I can, um, we, we've typically kept about 20% back mm-hmm. for ourselves, uh, minus the Cab Franc. The Cab Franc is all ours, but um, it just kind of depends on production this year. We did um, graft over five rows of our Malbec to Petit Verdot. So we have a little, you know, less production in that. Um, but, and then, I mean, depending on how the growing season goes, we have a lot of fruit on the vine right now, so, yeah. I yeah. noticed that on the way yeah. up here, like, you guys are a little further along than we are. Yeah, fruit set was really nice this year. Yeah. Um, I was a little worrisome. We had a really super cold May, um, so we thought it was going to be a lot more shatter than we got, but it was, mm-hmm. yeah, fruit set was awesome this year, so yeah. mm-hmm. really came along nice. What is your total production at Tackett? Um, as far as case production? Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. run around 1,700 cases a year. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, I was thinking it was much, much, much more. Okay, seventeen hundred. Yeah, tiny, yeah, yeah. Super. That's awesome. Tiny little guy. And, yeah. And, and do you guys sell grapes too, or do you use all your grapes? We use them all. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then, so you obviously maybe buy some grapes also. It so like. we only grow Petite Syrah right. and the Gewurz. So everything else we purchase. Um, so. She didn't mention us because we do. We've been buying the Malbec um, oh, okay. here for quite a while. Yeah. I was waiting, but she oh, didn't. No. Yeah, <laughs> I um, might have a pen in the yeah, car. Right. We could get exactly. that contract signed. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we we've been buying Malbec here for about four years, I think, four or five years, and uh, the Petit Verdot as well. Yeah, um, and then that. Cabernet comes mostly from another John Walter, you know, big grower here in town. Um, so yeah, we and Zinfandel as well. So we do a little bit of everything. And and I, you know, I've always, I, I know, I know nothing about the Paso Robles area, and I know a little bit. And but I've, what I've always heard is that on the east side of of one hundred and one is more Bordeaux varieties and um, and and Zinfandel. And on the, uh, I'm sorry, on the east side, yeah. And on the west side is more Pinot and more Rhone varieties. I mean, is that in general kind of true, or you could almost generalize it, but not a hundred percent. I mean, there's a lot of Cab over there. Um, okay. Yeah, oh yeah, a lot of Syrah growing over there, right. it, and it's they grow completely different. They they they're actually able to do a lot of dry farming over there in okay. some areas um, where we there's no way we can dry farm over here. That's too hot. Um, I mean, I did hold off until July 1st this year. It was the first time I watered, which was really nice. But you had those but it, May rains, right? But we had the, yeah, it rained all the way into May this year. So, yeah, yeah it helped out a lot. So, um, yeah, we got to hold off quite a while. But um, so they'll be doing dry farming all over the place over there this year, which yeah. would be really nice. But, um, yeah, a little bit of everything over there. You know, Templeton Gap area, they've got a little bit of everything. There's hardly anything that's not planted over there. Right. As far as Is the there a little go. competition bet- between all you guys not a lot i mean really i mean paso's still really really friendly yeah. you know and everybody gets along and and, and which is really really nice yeah. um, it, it has a really nice feel to it it's you know not been taken over by the dot-com money and the you know the um the the large corporations and stuff and 
you know, kind of what it used to be like in Sonoma. And well, that's what Bart and I were saying on the <clears throat> on the drive, just as we got off the freeway. That we're like, oh, this must be what Sonoma was like fifty years ago, like where it wasn't overdeveloped and we still had farms and mm-hmm. not the same. Try and buy a house in Sonoma now; it's next to impossible. Yeah, yeah. property's gotten pretty crazy around here with the is it? Um, yeah, price wise and houses have gotten a little out. You know, in our opinion, outrageous. I guess uh, absolutely. But, well, and what you—I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go on. No, it's I it. was just <laughs> saying what you guys have is you have a lot of people from Southern California moving up here because like it's yep. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah, a yeah. lot. I mean, I call right. them weekend warriors. You know, we get a lot of guys that come up here. You know, and they live in LA. Right. They come up here on the weekends. You know, they buy ten acres here and they build a house over ten or twenty years, and then after they retire, then they move here. So there's a lot of uh, LA transplants here right. um, in this area, but um, we get along with them. They're all good people, and yeah, yeah so it's it's been it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. very varied, you know, the word I'm looking for, eclectic, I don't know. Eclectic is a good word for um, people yeah. up here. <laughs> for, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you notice that, because you can tell like some, some houses have like statues out in front of them in the nice gate, and then like two to the next two houses it's like a, a trailer and you know some <laughs> some old right. cars piled up <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little so bit of everything going on totally here. yeah the the um the the difference but it seems like everyone gets along if you drive down the road on the way to the freeway do you pretty much know everyone that that owns the properties uh i wouldn't say everyone there's a lot more people out here than i realized but yeah. um my neighborhood here is pretty pretty tight, yeah. Independence Ranch, and um, you know a lot of them will come by on on weekends, and it becomes kind of like the the neighborhood club clubhouse. And but they're wonderful. They have taken such good care of me and Barley since we've been here. I mean, yeah. the first week we were here, we had a dinner invite for every night of the week. So wow. it's just yeah, they've they've really really been uh, supportive and lovely. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. It is, what are you, yeah. what are you are you here 7 days a week or are you going I'm still going back and forth but most of my trips are down to Oceanside now instead of um I have a I I upgraded my trailer so I'm not in the tiny teardrop trailer every weekend. I have a 29 foot trailer now wow. that I'm living in. So um yeah, so we're up here almost almost 7 days a week. Um I'm just, we've been traveling a lot since, so I, my last day in the Navy was June 1st. So I planned some trips to see family after that, um, because I could, and I didn't have to ask permission to go anywhere. And where, where are you going? Um, so I went to Norfolk, Virginia for 10 days Uh and up to Seattle for the 4th of July. So, um, yeah, that's where my family is. And I just wanted to go, go see them. So yeah. I did. And yeah. so what's going on in the vineyards right now here? What are you, what's next? What are you looking forward to? What are you afraid of? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I love doing every morning is walking through the vineyard with my cup of coffee. It's, I don't know that that will ever be old. The walkabout. Um, yep. The going walk. on a walkabout. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just looking at everything and kind of seeing what's going on. Um, so we did not spray this year um, with any weed control. So, um, so the weeds have been um, pretty outrageous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, of a year to decide to cut the to cut the mm-hmm. uh, rope. Yes. It, this was the year, this right? Was the year it, with it, all it, the everything rain. started growing and then it rained again. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh yeah, no, they've they've been having a heyday out there. So um, so yeah, so uh, the the biggest thing right now is just getting the weeds under control. How do you do that? Um, 
Well, I mow down the center and then I've been going out with my gloves and my podcast and a big shady hat and getting the the ones under the vines. So you're so you're well you got a ride mower? Or is this I have a, a tractor. tractor? I have a tractor. Okay, so you got a tractor, so mm-hmm. you're going down the middle and then yep. you're actually putting on gloves and mm-hmm. you're what you got one of them little things with like a big fork what, what do you? i do <laughs> i actually <laughs> broke two prongs off of it so i have to get a new one so it's yeah already and you're on your hands you're, and knees hand, digging out the weeds your hand i'm hand hoeing yeah 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 <laughs> i don't know what to say well it's this heat good for you <laughs> we'll see we'll see that's how good. but then you're by like like what 10 10 30 you're like okay that's it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's about right yeah i made it to 11 30 today so wow yeah but then you have to come in and take a nap because because so how many hot. how many how many acres do you have? I have seven planted. Shit. Seven, and the weeds are growing pr- pretty good on on all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I remember <laughs> we had a conversation on we the did. phone, and mm-hmm. um, I said, you know, you, the thing about it is, is if you don't start, you then you'll never start, and you can always go back, you know, and you don't have to get certified, you know, that's up to you if you get to that point. Um, but there's no time like the present to start. And, you know, that was easy for me to say. I 300 <laughs> yeah. miles away or whatever and <laughs> don't own a vineyard. Yeah. So, yeah. but I, you know, I know at my house, I've not used any Roundup now for two years. And even today, before we left, I was on my, you know, squatting down, pulling weeds and stuff. Or, you know what I've it, seen Bart do is he'll have little weeds that come up in his driveway in between the cracks or whatever, and he, he burns them. Yeah, well, we talked oh, about that so when we were down here. I actually just bought a backpack propane weed flame torch. Oh, the not a flamethrower? Right. It's <laughs> it's awesome. So I'm I'm still a little nervous about taking it out in the vines, so I've been practicing on the driveway. So okay. to see if I can actually kill them. That How much way. do those things cost? Um, on Amazon, it was about two eighty. So, huh. I mean, and how. It just comes out like how far from the tip? Like it depends on how hard you squeeze the handle. So it's just it's all heat. So yeah, and that's and that's what it's marketed for is mm-hmm. for for uh, weed control. Wow. Yeah, Brian, you have to come over. All you know <laughs> after we record a podcast. I'll I set thought you, you were just using like a little. No, mine is not nearly as fancy. <laughs> Mine's like what you would have it. Like you know, in a kitchen, on, well, or like a pastry say, chef. If you lived in town. No, it's doing more than creme a brulee. It's doing a creme brulee burner. Yeah, <laughs> totally. it's a little more than that. <laughs> but you put it on a stick and duct taped it. But I, but I think Melanie's has got like two propane tanks and um, just one. <laughs> she's got an outfit that goes along with it. Yeah, <laughs> and a helmet. I, I probably should, as long as the hose is nearby. I'm okay. Look like so. you belong in some Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> Running Man movie. <laughs> And so, Leon did when she said she wasn't going to spray Roundup. What did you say? Shake your head and go. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, there's no doubt that you know it works for some people and some people don't, and it's a commitment. But I, I applaud you for giving it a go. And yeah, for sure. There's no foul and no harm in you know trying and stuff. And it doesn't work, then you know it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. But good luck. Thank but you. especially with what's going on right now, I mean, you see all this Roundup in the news, and people, right. people are even yeah. even if. Look, even if we know we know that you got to use some stuff sometimes to making wine. Sometimes it's just the it's the perception sometimes mm-hmm. that people have, and they'll even ask you, "Oh, you using Roundup on your property?" And then right now you can say, "No." Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And you know, I have mentioned it to a couple of our of our customers, and they 
Um, they like that fact. They don't yeah. outright ask, but I imagine that's coming. So yeah. um, I imagine some sort. Of, we've talked about this too. That they're, I mean, labels are going to get a little bit more mm-hmm. um, descriptive too. Even down to maybe like an ingredients label on the wines mm-hmm. we've talked They're about starting. for yeah. yeah yeah i mean i what is that randall graham for bonnie dune i think has done it for a long time yeah and, and ridge um, has done it for a long ridge, time right you know um, but but i you know if the consumer wants to know and, that, and that's who will push it as the consumer is saying or who will push it is the wineries that actually do it so like bonnie dune and ridge so then it'll get to the point where if you push it so much then people will say well how come your wine doesn't have right, ingredients right. on it what are you trying to hide mm-hmm. and randall was good about that even when he would put oak chips or something into his wine it say on there oak or chips Velcrin. or Velcrin. yeah yeah so yeah wasn't lying just wanted you to know right no yeah. which is which is fair and i mean that's that's what the consumer wants these days you yeah. know they want to know what uh especially you know i get all the emails about becoming a, a gluten-free wine or the vegetarian wines and a lot of people don't realize that some wineries really do use products that are not gluten-free or are not, you know, vegetarian-friendly. What are you using for fining and filtering? That's a great question. Um, Pretty much nothing yeah, at this yeah. point. Where she's at now, okay. there, there's nothing going on. Yeah, there's no fining. It's almost, yeah. I don't even know if you're filtered over there right now, if it's filtered and unfined. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. yeah. Our winemaker is very hands-off with his own wines as well. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was thought it was, any of it. It was funny when we'd have vegans come in and do seven course tasting menu, and then all the wine pairings. None of the wines were vegan, but I never knew whether I should say anything to them. Uh, but now with, I think it's Bentonite, and mm-hmm. uh, we know one that's we know a winery that's using smashed um, peas. Well, well, Bentonite oh. is clay. So yeah, Bentonite. Everybody uses Bet, Bentonite. Uh, right? Bentonite. It's something it, you use it in makeup too, right? Bentonite. I think it's in some. Well, it could be. It's just a clay. It's just, yeah. a clay. it's just a clay. It's just to get the proteins okay. out of your white wines and your rosés. Okay. So all mm-hmm. it does is bind with the proteins, and it pulls it out, and you rack off the the bentonite. I mean, it doesn't right. stay in the wine. Right. Right. So, well, that's what yeah, a lot of people don't know too. Even with things like fish emulsion or anything like that, if it, it, it everything gets taken out. Right. It all settles out, and you rack it off, and it's right. just used to pull things out of the wine. Right. 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 It, it's you know it. Let's face it. Everything has gotten to the point where there's too much information and too much data, and you know people just look for a reason to complain about something. Yeah, and be indifferent <laughs> about it. You know, yeah. right? Well, I got to tell you, the first person. I mean, it was years ago, but like, is your wine gluten free? And I and I looked at him like, are you kidding me right, right. now? <laughs> right. I couldn't even believe they were asking me that question. Well, there's no, I'm didn't use flour in my wine and I'm good and there's right. no gluten in here um no soy sauce no, yeah, right. <laughs> you didn't put any yeah. in your petite syrah you know I just I, I just never heard that I didn't know it was an issue and this 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 guy and lady came in and asked me if my wines were gluten-free and I said well yeah, as far as I know what would make much. them what would make them not be gluten-free what could you put in a wine that would probably something a, a yeast um a, a yeast nutrient um might have something in it huh um I don't know. I never looked it up because I just blew it off. It's like, yeah, my wine's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it has to do with yeast products. So either whether it's yeast or or um, yeast nutrients um, might have something in it. I again, I'm the same way. Like someone asked me, and I, I just couldn't even be concerned with it. You know, I mean, I was able to say I don't because I don't add anything. Right. So I was able to say yes, it's gluten free, and they said, is it certified? And I said no, and it never will be. I just, it's just. It, it is what it is. You Another know? thing to pay for. <laughs> right. Your certified I mean, GF and, and on that's, there. And uh-huh. that's the whole thing about, you know, the certification, 
And, you know, we've talked about it before. I get some grapes that are certified organic and I get some grapes that they're farmed without Roundup. And does anyone pay any attention to either one of them? Well, there are people that are happy to hear that, but nobody asked for the certification, you know, for the guy who doesn't certify it. He does it because it's the right thing. He believes it's the right thing to do for his property and for his coworker or his employees. And, you know, my first trip to France, we went to wineries and we'd ask them, you know, and they'd say, well, of course it's organic. And that's just the way they farm is organically. And when I was in Burgundy, but they don't advertise it because they don't do it for the advertising. They do it because they believe it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So. Well, most likely that family's had the land for a long time. And so they just I mean, probably live on that property. Right. Yeah. So when you when you took over, you had some wines in in barrel. Mm-hmm. I still do. What do you got in barrel? Um, I have three years. Well, so the two three vintages in barrel. I do. Yeah, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. So in the eighteen, I was able to, you know, kind of help guide the purchase decisions on those. Uh-huh. Um, but the sixteens and seventeens were already in barrel. So um, we did actually. We it was a really fun morning. We did a tasting of all. 60 some barrels um just well, you a, tasted 60 barrels one morning mm-hmm. it's a tough job man somebody's <laughs> got to really do it though a tough job. So. <laughs> hashtag winemaker life right yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> well so yeah so we went through and just and it was really just to kind of see what was there yeah um well were you hoping to you know a couple of them you'd be like ooh, and there there were a couple of those yeah. i had one of my cabs barrels was like above and beyond the rest of them. So yeah, it was really fun to, to kind of go through and, and taste them all. Um, I actually have nine barrels of my 2017 Malbec. So um, wow, yeah, so that's a lot. Um, so yeah, so we'll see, you know, I'm, I've been working with the winemaker going back a few times now. It was funny, the last time I went back there, we found four more barrels, so. Um, <laughs> found them? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't Stashed in a corner yeah. somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. That's so what do you, and how are you documenting this stuff? You got a piece of chalk where you're writing on the barrels after mm-hmm. you taste it, like yep. giving it a score, like one to 10 or what are you it, doing? It's not as, it's a check uh, plus or a check minus. Okay. So, um, you know, a, the check just that we've actually checked it. Right. And that's how I knew we hadn't seen those four barrels yet. Um, Cause we hadn't, there was no check. And I knew, right. I knew that we hadn't tasted a Cab Franc. I actually have a 17 Cab Franc in the barrel, which I was really excited to find. Um, so yeah, so we just went through and then, you know, I'm making notes on, on my, uh, my sheet of paper, which of course progressively gets more scribbly and <laughs> like, so yeah. And then coming home and sobering up and being like, okay, what, what did I like again? <laughs> so now I, I see the label on your rosé, but what uh-huh. are you changing style of labels for the wine going forward? Uh, I'm not. So we do a photo contest for all of our labels. I heard about this. Yes. It's really fun. People yeah. love it. Um, they send in photos of different features. So like our Syrah is always bridges. Our Malbec is always entryways. Oh, cool. And so people send in photos. And it's it's been a lot of fun to go through everyone's submissions and pick some for this year. Uh, the Rosé, I did something different. Um, partly because it was, you know, it's a small a small run, um, and it was my first wine. So it's called Liberté, um, which of course means freedom in French. And, uh, you know, just that really uh, spoke to me on. So we did the screen printing um, on that one. And Yeah, is that cheaper or more expensive than doing a paper label? Uh, is it more? Yeah. It is. Well, yeah, for sure. Okay. Like if, a, a lot more? 
So I would, I would say. So How come I, you're the only one that doesn't have an opinion on this? Didn't you pay for it? <laughs> I did. Well, so it w- per bottle, it probably cost more. But that's if you get your labels on a long run. So I tried to do a short run label on my my Malbec Reserved, and uh, they wanted twelve hundred dollars to do one hundred and fifty uh, labels. Okay. I only you she know, did we a only, short run on that one. Yeah, yeah it was for only sure. forty three cases, I think. So the the biggest risk with doing the silk screened labels is that if they're vintage dated you mm. can't use them any leftover bottles yeah oh. if you screw up your map right. and you didn't measure your tank right and you ended up with you bought 120 cases and you only used 80 then they become christmas gifts for then your they friends yeah. that and candle yeah, <laughs> yeah you they cut the like i got you a vase <laughs> <laughs> exactly check out this pretty candle I to commemorate my first vintage yeah exactly so. I, I know at kenwood when we did silk screen mm. bottles there was one year where the alcohol, the the reported alcohol was different than the actual alcohol. Like someone screwed up, and someone and so, paid attention and, to that. And well, someone missed it, and Ugh. and so when they ran the final analysis, it was you know thirteen five alcohol, and the wine was actually at fourteen, you know, on the label. And so they they were able to deal with it, but after that, they quit putting the alcohol on the label. They just put they called it. Um, dinner wine and by calling it dinner wine you or don't table have to, wine maybe. table wine table that's what wine. it was yeah they put table wine on it so they didn't have to put the alcohol yeah which i think was interesting but huh. you still had to deal with the vintage and um so it's just you gotta you have to just watch it a lot closer mm-hmm. yeah well and you definitely want to overestimate your bottles than underestimate because then what do you do on bottling day when you don't have enough bottles for your juice right. so yeah i ended up with i only ended up with a, an extra six or eight cases of glass so that's pretty good yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, Leon guessed, you know, pretty pretty close. So Leon, you can keep your job. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> keep buying them all. Back. It's that math, man. That higher math. He says. <laughs> so how many? So how many wines do you actually make under the Bone Niche label? So we, let's see. That's a great question. Probably. Um, we do cab, we do all of the Bordeaux style varietals and then we do a couple blends. So. Okay. So they you do them all standalone. So yep. there's five yep. and then you do like three blends. So there's eight mm-hmm. rosé. Yep. Nine. Um, and then we do a Syrah. Um, okay. we have Zinfandel in the barrel, but none bottled right now. Um, and then the Chardonnay. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah and then a dessert wine. Yeah. So, um, on the dessert wine, what is that made out of? It's it's actual um, the port style grapes. So the actual um, Tintecal and mm-hmm. Trigo Nacional. Mm-hmm. And wow! Seriously? Yeah, wow. yeah. From here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were actually. Um, it was grown nearby um, and and bottled. So, um, but I've heard that those grapes have since been pulled out. Uh, so so yeah, I'm on a I'm on a hunt for our to replace the the dessert wine. Okay, Next. you know, port makes a good, uh, I mean, uh, Grenache makes a good um, dessert wine, by the way. Hmm. Really? Yeah, you ever way? had uh, Banyuls? Like uh, no. Okay. Yeah, Grenache is a, if you ask Psalms around the world what goes with chocolate, uh-huh. they'll also, red wine doesn't go with chocolate. Even port, they'll mm-hmm. say, it doesn't go with chocolate. Banyuls is the only thing that truly complements <laughs> chocolate. And it's, a, it's made, made in the same style as port, but use Grenache grapes. And is that a Southern France? S- uh, Southern France, exactly. Yeah, oh, it's a fortified fun. wine. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, and and on your that. dessert wine, mm-hmm. it has the designation, was it 4400? It does. And what does that refer to? Um, April 4th, 2000 was a very important date in Joyce and Willie's life. Um, it also happens to be, I think, the uh, zip code for uh, Portugal, where they bottle most of the, or yeah. most of the, oh, interesting. yeah, it just happens, you know, okay. that it works out that way. And then the 01, this is our second release of it. So, yeah. but it's, it's pretty good. We'll try it. We'll try it before you go. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and, I, and I was going to say, thank you for pouring the uh, Gewürztraminer. I like this. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's really delicious. Nice and dry. A great, great fruit. Leon, you had a, um, a an interesting job in the Navy. Um, could, and you guys do a special bottling um, in honor of that. Could you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, so EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal, I was in the Navy, did that for about 27 years, oh, give or take. And, um, and, and for those of us that don't know, what, what exactly does that mean? So it's your military's bomb squad. Okay. So it's the kids. Um, I didn't do it, but the kids in Afghanistan and Iraq taking care of all the roadside bombs and stuff. We were, as Navy, we were more underwater ordnance when I was in. Right. Um, right. So we were the mines and torpedoes and that kind of stuff. So. Sure. And range clearance, did a lot of range clearance and just blowing stuff up, jumping out of airplanes and having fun. Yeah. So we do, there is a small organization, it's called EOD Warrior Foundation um, that I'm an ambassador with. And we make a label called EOD Sellers, um, where the proceeds of that wine um, go to the EOD Warrior Foundation to help out the kids that are in need. Okay. And, and if people are interested in that, would you find that at Tackett Family's um, website? Um, get it at our website for sure. Um, Navy exchanges in California. Okay. Um, working on Virginia again and Florida, but we'll we'll get back out there. So, okay. Um, but can yeah, you, mostly on our website. Okay. Can you um, tell us what that website is? Go ahead and give it out to the listeners there. Sure. It's uh, TacketFamilyVineyards.com and Tackett's T A C K I T T. Okay. FamilyVineyards with an S dot com. Yeah. Yeah, and while you're on the site, pick up some of the risque rosé, appropriately named, (laughs) by your wife. Yeah, you're right. Yep, yep. She named it well. Yeah. So it's all the bleed from last year. So it's all five Bordeaux we brought in last year. So, yeah. And who, you know, I never would have thought coming to Paso that, like, if I leave here and I go, you know, my the, my favorite wine that I tried this week was a Gewürztraminer. Right. <laughs> People are going to think I'm nuts. You lost your mind, right? Oh, I must have got the fruit from Edna Valley or up in Monterey right now. Yeah. Grown right here. People forget, though. It's, I mean, this morning it was 48 degrees. Right. You know? Right. And so it's Holy like. Holy shit. The, you're going from, like. Sorry, you're going from like 40 this morning to what are we at? Like right at 90? It's probably pushing 100 right now. Yeah. But we're at what elevation here also? Um, In Melanie's place, we're probably at 1,000 feet. Okay. Um, But, you know, the coastal influence is there. I mean, you just got to get across that Santa Lucia range. Um, And so it cools down here every night. Our warmest morning in the summer here is about 68. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, normally 55-ish. Yeah. And so when we get to 104, it's only from like 1 o'clock until 4 or 5 o'clock. Right. And then it just, the wind comes up and it just drops right back down again. So so there's good dinernal shifts. Exactly. Yes. So everybody's like, oh my God, it's so hot in Paso. You can't grow that kind of fruit there. But it's yeah. like, no, it's only hot for like four hours out of the 24 in the day. So we right. actually, we can grow that fruit here and it does really well. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's awesome because I love 
bonfires in the summer. You know, it'll be 103 degrees outside, and then you still need a sweatshirt and, you know, sitting by the bonfire at night. So you're really getting the best of both worlds out here. And the grapes love it. That's how we keep the acidity. So, you know, a lot of our our wines have a really nice acidity because of that. And that's how yeah. I like my wines. So. Yeah. I know. What's your favorite wine that you that you currently have? Like, what do you like if you, the rose? Uh, of course, because okay. it's ninety <laughs> degrees outside well. right now. But like, if you like, if you were going out to dinner and you had to bring one, either oh. uh, you know, mm-hmm. what? So I I usually bring my Malbec because it's pretty versatile. Um, yeah. And um, there's a great place in town here called the Hatch, and they rotisserie a different meat every night. And so bringing the Malbec there is is just awesome because it goes with all the meats. Um, yeah. But I'm really partial to Petit Verdot. I'd never had Petit Verdot as a single varietal until I had Leon's. Um, oh, you do one too? Mm-hmm. Okay. And does it come in really late? Like later yeah. than the, mm-hmm. it's not a late not normally, no, no. Okay. No, because we, we get the warm weather. Yeah, for you us know, it's not... coming, it comes in pretty late and sometimes it doesn't make it into the blends mm, just because it's, it's so late. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's the struggle that Bordeaux has with it. You know, yeah. that's why it's called the little green grape but here it, it does really well so huh. um yeah so i i think the petite verdot is is probably my my favorite um just because it's pretty unique and right what do you charge for a bottle of that uh i should know this off the top of my head just round round out uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so most of my wines run between 30 and 50. So of course the Bordeaux okay. blends are um, on the higher end. Um, well, you say of course, why Why of course? Because you can get more for them? Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and you know, and those are the ones that, I mean, technically we would be doing in, in uh, French oak barrels and mm. newer barrels and stuff. So, uh, yeah, like and that. they tend to need to be in barrels longer. Um, right, so typically the grapes cost more. You know, okay. Cabernet is still king, and it's true. Um, and and those other varieties because they're not planted as much. You know, there was for a long time Cabernet Franc was like one of the most expensive grape varieties in Sonoma County because there was so little of it planted, and everybody wanted you know yeah. some, not mm-hmm. a lot, but some. So yeah, um, yeah, those varieties are just more expensive. I, I assume you mm-hmm. know the same as up same our way. same yeah. Cab's yeah. king here. Cab's mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't get a shortage until the frost of. 2011 um but since then it's been planted like crazy here and yeah. and it's everywhere so yeah. and, and who are the big players as far as buying out here like jay lore well and... jay lore has about four thousand acres of his own fruit okay. um so but he still does buy yeah um, tobin james um tobin buys from yeah. all over the place yeah, yeah. you bet he does yeah. um I mean, i'm just thinking justin some buys oh, dow buys i mean they all you yeah. know even I, even Jay Lore buys. I mean, he yeah. still buys fruit yeah. um, here and there because you know he's doing like two and a half million cases now. Right. So wow. um, it takes a takes a lot of fruit to make that much wine. Absolutely, so. absolutely. It's just nice to know. I'm always curious, like who are the big buyers? You know, it's it's nice to hear that it's not Kendall Jackson. It's you know kind <laughs> of more wineries that are dedicated to down here, and um, you know it's still kind of that community here, which is which is great. Yep, and I know. I know KJ's down here and Gallo's down here, but oh yeah, Constellation—they're yeah. all yeah. here, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure. And so, what's your future? You think look like what's the next ten years look like? 
Well, hopefully I'll make millions of dollars making uh, I, amazing wine. I, I can wines. tell you right yep. now that is not going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, oh, I, I don't know. know. I don't know who told you about <laughs> selling wine. Someone is someone is lying to you. Oh. <laughs> no. We're make a million dollars. We'll start with five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here we go. That's not going to happen. So you have a plan B then. Yeah. My, my plan B, honestly, I. I'm just excited to wake up every morning on the vineyard. So, you know, getting to do this every day is, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know if it'll ever get old. So I I love being here. Um, you get lonely? No. No? No, I have barley. I know. So, okay, yeah. No, yeah. and I, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, well, we do enough event weekends and everything. Um, uh, that you know, I, I get my fill of people, and so, sometimes yeah. it's nice to just be on the vineyard by myself and yeah. and kind of have that that quiet time. So, um, uh, no, I I would like to um, build a slightly bigger tasting room or or area somewhere to store the wine, so I can make more wine here. Like a warehouse situation where you can just stored in a temperature controlled right right um that way i can actually make the wine right um and well, yeah that's the next step i would think right yeah. you know we've got it all you know we've got the business plan but i mean you know it's very flexible okay. so we'll see how that goes um you know someday build a house um i'd love to plant some more um more grapes a different varietal um i'm partial to ionico because i uh, I learned to drink wine in Naples, Italy, yeah. and that's that was our table wine there. So you can make a rosé from that too, you know. I've I've seen, I've had. It's delicious. Yeah. So, um, but you know, and and it is it it's planting the warmer weather grapes because yeah. the temperature is changing. Right. So you know, I don't I want to plant something a little warmer. Right. I mean, I've heard people talk about Iberian yes. Peninsula grapes as far as from Spain, and then yeah, the warmer Italian varieties. Yeah, and I, I know nothing about the Italian varieties myself. It's, you know, there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. And having never been there, I think that's the way you learn, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I learned about Greco de Tufo. And yes, I love right. Yep. Yeah, Falangina. Ugh, yeah. I know. Oh, there's uh, somebody here in town that makes Falangina. Mm -hmm. uh, Castoro makes a really nice Falangina. They said there's only three growers here in California that do it. I've been to two. Oh, so. wow. Yeah, we have a friend, Jillian Johnson from Onesta Wines, and she does uh, her Grenache Blanc in a Falangina style. When she makes her Grenache Blanc, she tries to mimic the Falangina that she loves in Italy. Oh, how fun. And it was true when, when I tried it and then she said that, I was like, oh yeah, this does kind of, it, it, you know, nice acidity with nice body. Like, mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. do you, how do you manage that? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fun. <clears throat> I'll have to look for that. Yeah. So, uh, we got to get some Rhone varietals on this property. Okay. Somehow. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not by ripping any. Yeah, you're going to come down here. Do you have yeah. space or do, would, if you put in other varietals, would it mean ripping stuff out or, or, um, um. You know, you're, you're going to be budding on other stuff, or you you have some more land. I have a little more land. Like so, how much? Well, it's a ten acre property. I have seven planted. Okay. So, getting creative with the space. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to save some for the winery and building and where I live. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I think I can. I was looking at the back fence. I think it's already been plumbed for water. Um, so. Huh. I think it wouldn't be too hard to put some more grapes you back know, there. You know, Brian, if you want to sponsor a row, 
you could probably sponsor a what couple a great rows. idea to have right. people sponsor a row and then you know what's even better because this is one of sam's ideas these people not only could you make them pay for the robe but then you could tell them you have to come pick your come grapes pick the grapes. Yep. <laughs> prune the vines do Get all the work <laughs> and they'd be, have a big smile on their face too because they could go home and tell their friends yeah we picked our grapes this weekend you're like that's right <laughs> and now I'm going to sell it to you for $20 a bottle and I'll have your name on it that's a great idea or 40 or 40 <laughs> exactly more like 40 yeah <laughs> well Bart, I think we got to move on to our next um, spot. We got to drive to San Luis Obispo, a place where I've never been to. It's lovely. You'll love it. Yeah. Yep. Is it going to be much different from where we are right it's now? It's going to be 20 degrees cooler. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that much. Okay. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's nice down there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so. uh, Melanie, can you please, you know, uh, shout out all of your. Um, uh, contact information and oh, yeah, um, sure. Barley's and if of you course. have any events coming up. Oh, sure. Um, that, yeah. Because this, yeah, in the next, well, whenever, anything coming up. Yeah. So we're, we're actually part of the Pleasant Valley Wine Trail. So um, that's what uh, the Tackett Family Vineyards is on too. There's 14 of us. Um, and so we, we do events um, just about once a month. Uh, so what does that mean? So if you do an event together, that means people can go and they stop by all the different wineries that are participating? Yes. Okay, and cool. what's nice about that is right now we're by appointment only, but we're open those weekends. Um, so you don't need an appointment to come by on, on those weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find us on um, on our website. We just recently updated it. So it's really nice. Um, it's boniche.com. It's B-O-N-N-I-C-H-E. And you com. like the name. What does it mean? It means very good place. Very good place. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, which okay. I mean, this is I think a pretty good no, place. It fits, so yeah, yeah it fits. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we're on Instagram and uh, you know Facebook too. We um, I've been uh, posting a lot of uh, photos on there lately. Now that I'm here, and then of course you can always find Barley Barley Von Doodle on on Instagram. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny hearing because you guys, when you had Allie on the show, you that know, was so funny. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we know we Barley. Didn't realize that their dogs followed each other on Instagram. <laughs> Blown away, yeah. Tucker Doodle. I mean, look yeah. that one up. Holy yeah. cow! Like yeah. forty thousand followers. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, but it's fun, you know. The dogs all talk to each other, and they, you know, they yeah. form these these bonds and these friendships. And yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah, so our next event is um, in August. It's um, well, the winemaker dinner. The winemakers dinner. Yeah. So that'll be my first time attending. But all all fourteen of us on the trail get together and do a catered dinner um, at Hartley Farms just down the road. And, and you serve all of the wines from each property. We do. Yeah, it's a pretty fun event. This is going to be our fourth one um, or fifth. I lost track. And do you guys it, get to pick the who? caters it or whatever or are you guys we, doing the cooking we no we pick we get a caterer every year okay. um and just to kind of follow up with that a little bit so the pleasant valley wine trail is actually a 501c3 we incorporated about five years ago um we've been around for 10 years um we were giving away all of our money at the end of the year anyway so it just made sense to turn ourselves into a nonprofit. Right. and then we were doing an event every year to raise money for a different organization around Paso Rubbles. We the Children's Museum, we've done the mission, we've done a couple of times, Must Charities, um, the Pleasant Valley School, which is a very small 80 kid 
school. It's a very I tiny little thing. It, right? You pass it coming out here. Absolutely. Saw the little one. There's a one room schoolhouse on the one side yep. with the, the original you know 130 year old schoolhouse wow. but then across the street it's the other one you know they and they're they need money and so this year this coming august 17th the dinner is for the school again so all the money that we raise for the dinner will go to the school cool so we did a few years ago it funded their science lab for the school wow. so it was nice. yeah it's, it's very cool yeah. Yeah. so well, that can be found at pleasantvalleywinetrail.com correct yep mm-hmm. yep that's it yep and then, Leon, we can find you at TackettFamilyVineyards.com. Sure Been to your website, actually, numerous times. Yeah, you yeah. got a good site. And, yeah, and thanks, you guys man. are on Instagram at Tackett Family also, right? It, correct. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, th- I'm glad we finally got to stop by and say hello. I wish we had more time. But, of course, we were coming down here for like 24 hours and tried to stuff as much of course. crap in our bag as possible. It's never enough time. It's okay. I yeah. know. Um, we will be back I, I wish we can get Sam back here, but because um, I would love to walk the vineyard with Sam, and um, I'm certainly in in next <clears throat> April when um, Hospice Darone is here. We'll, we'll definitely down, down down for Hospice, okay. and I don't know if you want to come with, um, but we'd love to stop before and or after um, yeah, on our way, great. and then um, um, yeah, if you want to come with. And have you ever been to Hospice before? No, I haven't. It's like, have you been before? No, I, didn't, I haven't been. Yeah, it's. It's insane. It's like it's like Disneyland for wine drinkers. I mean, it's um, three, f- four days actually, if you come before. And um, usually, I'm with people that are doing the food, so <clears throat> come before and um, and you just. I love getting in the going into the big convention center or whatever. You know, they have the signs of all the wineries that are going to be there, and going in there before anyone's in there. No, no bottles. Just seeing the signs, and I just walk by and go, Oh my god, oh my god, I want to try that. I want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost over overwhelming um, in a way. But we always have a lot of fun. Last year, no, last year, year before, Bart and I stayed at the... At yeah, the we, uh, we had a whole crew. We recorded in room 222 of the Black Oak or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that podcast. Yeah. 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 I thought that it, was fun. It, it, yeah, we don't remember much of no. that podcast <laughs> or, the, or the tasting afterwards. It's really bad. Um, but we're really proud of you. I'm glad that you're um, doing what you're doing, and you. I'm. I want to applaud you for not using the roundup. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because that means lots more work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you'll have a sense of pride like you didn't before mm-hmm. um, when the wine's in the bottle. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you. And um, and I look forward to tasting the. I wish we had time to because I'd love to poke through your barrels a little bit mm-hmm. next time okay well yeah. I, I was telling brian i think i'm gonna be down in november for the um the garage granos oh, no bart has his own pronunciation yeah. whatever, <laughs> well, no, because I'm thinking whatever about, works for you man well no i'm good. thinking about the granache teast there it is yes <laughs> oh there it is. The, yeah we'll be the there granache teast okay. also okay, right cool so yeah. all the, and, the little guys yeah all yeah. the little guys so yeah. I'm we'll going to come there. down for that and I like to Okay, yeah, Bart invited yeah. me so that would be oh, cool. Fun. I love yeah. trying wines. I, you know, I love finding the stuff that I'd never find in um, even right. Bottle Barn wouldn't even carry, you know, cuz yeah. it's just such super small production that's yeah. fun. They do a good job with that event yeah. and um so It's a lot of fun. So we'll, the, and that's a couple days, so we'll be mm-hmm. down then. Cool. The yeah, very cool. Yeah. 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 All right. And uh love the rosé and Thank you. um love the Gewurztraminer too if that becomes 
my favorite wine this week. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a good good story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. We're on our way to meet with uh, Vicky Carroll from HDR. And then um, tomorrow we're going to stop and see Nathan at Talbot's Creek. So we're going to talk about a re. Here's uh, let's hear you say regenerative farming. Regenerative farming. <laughs> see, <laughs> yeah, so they're easy. getting all the biodynamics and everything out there. They're yeah. taking it to a whole new level at Talbot's. Yeah, and, and um, Bart and I were listening to a TED talk on the way here about um, about I don't know how you say it desertation. Basically, uh, how a lot of the land in in the world is turning into desert land, and how to solve the problem is actually to bring animals onto the land and have them graze, uh, graze but then keep them moving, which is what they used to do. And the, the results are amazing. I think that's um, a lot of what Nathan is doing there on the property. Is Yeah, they've got a lot of critters out there now, the goats and everything, yeah, to yeah. keep the weeds down. And But the whole thing about it is, is from this TED Talk we were listening to, is that it's the it's the it's the grazing and then moving you know the 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 animals put down the manure um and then reseeding it and then getting them off it so it can come back and i think what a lot of problems has been with grazing animals is that they're on the land and instead of taking them off the land they supplement the feed with with hay you know or whatever it is silage or whatever and so it never gets a chance to come back and and that's what this guy was talking about. So we're we're learning about it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a lot more information tomorrow. I'm sure. I heard that uh, Jason Haas said that uh, Nathan likes to talk. So <laughs> perfect guest for us. <laughs> we just turn on the microphone and ask him one question. So tell us about dissertation, and then hopefully that'll be it. And we'll then all we'll have to say is, well, thank you for joining us on the show. <laughs> all right, you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Good to see you, Mel. You too. Thank you.